listening right now. And I want to say I thank you to all of you who are listening, taking the time out of your day. It's very appreciative, and I don't take that for granted. But on to today's episode. Being as it's Black History Month, I decided for the entire month that I would speak on a African-American historical figure that played a profound role in American history. One episode I did Martin Luther King Jr. The next episode I did Malcolm X. And for this episode, we're going to discuss on Muhammad Ali. I am the greatest. Now, what what else is there to say about Muhammad Ali? People know him as probably the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time, if not the greatest boxer of all time. He paved the way for a lot of African-American athletes to this day to stand up for what they believe in. He was also a civil rights activist as well. Some of you may be aware of the the infamous picture of Ali, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who was known as Lil Alcindor at the time, and not not James Brown. Who's the guy that played for the the Browns? Jim Brown, excuse me, Jim Brown, who's the fullback, and in my opinion, top five greatest NFL players of all time. But. I decided today that we're going to discuss on what Muhammad Ali did in terms of sacrificing. And I know that for those who have been listening, I'm a big component on sacrificing. But before we get into that part, let me detail some facts about Ali, which I didn't know. Maybe some of you have known these facts, but I didn't know these facts. Fact number one. Muhammad Ali, Clashes Clay back then, he first got into boxing in 1954, specifically in October, because someone stole his bicycle. And once he reported to the cops, he made the statement that If he found that kid, he would pummel him to a culprit. But the the cop, who was also a boxing trainer, suggested that Ali learn how to fight. So that's the root of how Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, got into boxing. Fact number two, he was named after a white... Abolished. Crazy. Fact number three. Before he changed his name officially to Muhammad Ali on March 6, 1964, he was known as Cassius X. Because, again, he converted to the Muslim 
religion and you should know about Malcolm X. So hence Cassius X. Next fact. Did you know that Muhammad Ali recorded a spoken verse album that was released in 1963 called I Am The Greatest? <laughs> Never knew that. Never knew that. Next fact. When Cassius Clay defeated Sonny Liston on February 25th, 1964. Now, this was Clay versus Liston 1. That infamous picture where Ali is standing over Liston, pounding his chest. Here's a crazy fact. Ali only got paid 63, excuse me, $630,000 for that fight. The gloves that he wore in that fight are now worth $836,000. Let that sink in. The gloves that he wore for that fight now are worth more than what he got paid for the fight itself back in 1964. Talk about inflation. <laughs> Here's the last fact And this is where We're going to get into the topic About Muhammad Ali and his sacrifice And what I believe Is his true lasting legacy On this planet In 1967 Muhammad Ali Refused to go to war War meaning the Vietnam War for religious reasons. Because of that, his boxing license was suspended by the New York Athletic Commission. He was convicted of draft evasion, fined $10,000, and sentenced to five years in prison, which was the max at the time for that crime. Now, the crazy thing is, Muhammad Ali was never in jail that entire time. It was free. He didn't go to jail at one point whatsoever. But he was banned from boxing for three years. He gave up the most prestigious title at the time because he refused to go to war. I want to read what Muhammad Ali said in 1967, specifically in March. And this was one month prior to his scheduled military induction. And Ali explained why he wouldn't enlist to fight Vietnam. Here, here it goes. Why should they ask me to put on a uniform and go 10,000 miles from home and drop bombs and bullets on brown people in Vietnam, while so-called Negro people in 
Louisville are treated like dogs and denied simple human rights. No, I am not going 10,000 miles from home to help murder and burn another poor nation simply to continue the domination of white slave masters of the darker people the world over. This is the day when such evils must come to an end. I have been warned that to take such a stand will put my prestige in jeopardy and could cause me to lose millions of dollars, which should accrue to me as the champion. But I have to say, but I have said it once, and I will say it again. The real enemy of my people is right here, here meaning in America. I will not disgrace my religion, my people, or myself by becoming a tool to enslave those who are fighting for their own justice, freedom, and equality. If I thought the war was going to bring freedom and equality to 22 million of my people, they wouldn't have to draft me. I'd join tomorrow. But I either have to obey the laws of the land or the laws of Allah. I have nothing to lose by standing up for my beliefs, so I'll go to jail. We've been in jail for 400 years. Wow. And then Ali, he made the infamous quote during that time when he said, no Viet Cong ever called me nigger. Now think about this. This is 1967. Three years after the Civil Rights Act had become official. So there was still a strong amount of racism in America. <laughs> and the thing about Ali is if he would have gone to Vietnam, he, he probably wouldn't have to fight in wars. They would have made him an entertainment act, just fight exhibitions because he was Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Imagine if, if he was actually on the battle line and he got killed. Huh. America would have been crucified during that time. But Ali realized that if he went to Vietnam, if he were to enlist in Vietnam, then many African-American boys would have joined the military as well or would have went to war. And Ali wasn't about war. Ali was about peace. He, <laughs> he just wanted the same treatment for black people. 
and going to war does not help whatsoever. That dude sacrificed three years of his prime, of his prime, because he stood up for what he believed in. And he probably did lose millions of dollars. That's, that's unbelievable. That's what true sacrifice is. And eventually he came back in 1970 and he, he won a fight via knockout. My man, let's talk about this quote real quick towards the end. Last clause. So I'll go to jail. Let me start here. I have nothing to lose by standing up for my beliefs. So I'll go to jail. We've been in jail for 400 years. <laughs> what? <sighs> because you see, I can speak as a black guy where there are times where in certain situations you don't feel free from the standpoint of say you go into a grocery store I've done this many times I got a black hoodie on and no it has nothing to do with Trayvon Martin I don't want to hear about him <laughs> well I have a black hoodie on I have some sweatpants on. Got my hands in my pocket. Just minding my own business. And I can sense that people are keeping an extra eye out on me. Now, can I say that they're keeping an eye out on me because it's their job? or they keep it an eye out on me because I'm black. I don't know what the, those people are thinking, but I can tell you that from the moments where I have my hoodie up, from the moments where I don't have my hoodie up, and from the moments I don't have my hands in my pocket, from the moments I don't have my hands in my own pocket, there's a level of dis, a huge level of discomfort between the two. And another example, when I'm driving on the highway, whether it's I-95, Route 7, Route 8, every time the police sound the alarms, whether I'm going to speed limit, whether I'm obeying the law, there's a level of nervousness that takes over my body simply because I'm black. And because I've seen numerous videos who we don't need to get into where Black people, they do what the cop says, and they still either die or they get beat up. 
That's what Ali is talking about. Just because you're not in jail doesn't mean you're free. He, he knew that better than anybody. But the point is, that man was willing to sacrifice for what he believed in. He could have said, you know what? I want to get paid. I'm not going to war. As I said, like, he probably would have been an entertainment act. Just get it over with. I know he said, I'm not going to war. And he makes a good point. <laughs> the Vietnam people, they ain't do nothing to him. And just off topic, America, they wanted to go to war. When JFK was in office, he was taking the troops out of Vietnam. Then when he got assassinated, literally the first act for the president at the time, Richard Nixon, came into office and this is for any president, mayor, governor, whatever your first act is in office, that's the priority. His priority was the Vietnam War, which wasn't really a war. He was not only did he send more troops in, he further initiated the war. And personally, I believe that's why the government had JFK killed because he didn't want to go to war. But anyway, that's what Muhammad Ali did, man. And that's how I will remember Muhammad Ali. Not because he was a great boxer, he was a great entertainer. Not even the fact that, especially back in those days, those people fought, man. It wasn't like Floyd Mayweather who waits 10 years to fight Manny Pacquiao. No, them dudes fought, man. Part of it was, no, I wanna prove that I'm the best. I'm going to show you that I'm the best. And that's what he did. That's what he did. Last thing here. I want to read a couple, not a couple, but quotes from Muhammad Ali, which are very profound in my opinion. And I want to read them to you all. First quote. If a man looks at the world when he is 50, the same way he looked at it when he was 20, and it hasn't changed, then, be, then he has wasted 30 years of his life. I agree with that. From this standpoint, we're all evolving every day, every second, every moment. For example, when I ask people, 
on occasion, and what did you learn today? And they tell me nothing. They're ignorant. They don't understand the value of learning or they don't understand the impact of learning because you always learn something every day. There's not a day goes by where you don't learn about nothing. Excuse me, you don't learn about something, whether it's personal or whether it's out in the marketplace. You're always learning. And if you don't see a some sort of different viewpoint, not even talking about 30 years, just talking about every day, that is a problem. There's a huge problem in that. Very huge. Next quote. It's, it's lack of faith that makes people afraid of meeting challenges. And I believe in myself. That's key. That's, it's, that's paramount. You gotta believe in yourself first. And whatever you do, you, you, you can't depend on people to hype you up, to gas you up, to ignite a fire in your rear end, to go do something inspiring, to make a change in the world. It's gotta start with you. And if you don't believe in yourself, then nobody's gonna do it for you. Here's another quote, similar to what I just read. Life is a gamble. You can get hurt, but people die in plane crashes, lose their arms and legs in car accidents. People die every day. Same with fighters. Some die, some get hurt, some go on. You just don't let yourself believe it will happen to you. And that, that goes back to faith and not having fear. Because I don't think, at least as a society, we realize that. But literally, anything can happen to us one day. Literally, right now, as I'm speaking to you, I could drop dead on the floor. For whatever reason. That's just reality. Ain't to talk dark or evil or be negative. That's, that's a fact of life. Anything can happen at any moment. And I don't, I wouldn't use the word gamble, but I would take the word gamble and replace it with journey. Life is a journey. Because on a journey, you're gonna go through different obstacles, different roads, different detours, roadblocks on your journey. And during that journey, you gotta believe in yourself. You gotta have faith in yourself to not live in fear and to, to go out and do what you were inspired to do.
you know, I know probably a handful of people that I'm thinking of right now who live in fear of doing what they truly want to do. Now, whether the reason is fear of failure, fear of success, because there is a fear of success. And some people say, oh, why would you fear success? Fear of success from the standpoint that if you do become successful, that individual will allow the success to change them from who they were. Fear of success. Muhammad Ali understood that no matter what happens in my life, I'm going to live my life the way that I intended to live. Now, that does not mean you go out to strip clubs and do all these sin, those sinful things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you if you want to go to to Ireland because you fancy the the country. Go. Enjoy that. Have that experience. Because you genuinely don't know if you'll have an, another opportunity or just have an opportunity in general. Just do it. As the Nike slogan states, just do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got for today. Again, Muhammad Ali, without a doubt, in my opinion, the greatest heavyweight boxer of all time. Not only because of his boxing skills, but the the era in which he boxed and the impact he had as a boxer. Not only as a boxer, but a civil rights activist. And just a man. Just a man. With that being said, I thank all of you for listening today. I hope that all of you learned something about Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay. And the impact he had on the world and still having on the world. You can follow me on the social media platform that will be listed in the description. Remember, you can subscribe to our ratings, leave a comment, and friends, and neighbors, and whoever about the show. I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. George can't hit what his hands can't see. Now you see me, now you don't. He think he will, but I know he won't. They tell me George is good, but I'm twice as nice. And I'm going to stick to his butt like white old rice. That's right. That was the greatest of all time. Of all time. And they're all going to